Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. It's My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Make sure you're listening anywhere you get podcasts. And be sure to follow me on socials at MLUPod. And you can check out some My Little Underground archives over at PeterARadio.com, as well as some playlists for you like little-ass songs, long-ass songs, and so much more. Today on the show, we have Phil Ward, a.k.a. Lord Ward. He has a brand new EP, the Virtual Bison EP, which is one of my favorite releases of the year so far. And we talked about his older band, Low Fidelity All-Stars, and if they're still planning on releasing music or not. And years ago, they played a show with... De La Soul, and we also talked about De La's importance in the world of hip-hop, and how Phil connected with Plastic Miracles, which is the label of Elise Okusami, who you may know as Oceanator, and Phil has his own label too, Deep Elam Records, we talked about that, and so much more on My Little Underground. Elise is great, you know, Elise said, have you got some music? Do you want to put some out on my cassette label? I'm like, yes, why not? I don't even have a cassette player, but I will do it, so... Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You put out a club, a bunch of club bangers when clubs are starting to open up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, t- you timed it yeah. out perfectly. Sadly, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I was about to say DJs don't use cassettes, but everybody, I mean, I used to DJ for a good 20 years of my life and it was all vinyl. So I have no idea how to use a digital deck at all, you know. You never used Serato or nothing like that? You never seen Never. The never. closest I, I got to CDJ. Yeah. And, uh, but just like having hands on vinyl. Yeah. You know, I used, you know, I used to beat mix. You know, when you were growing up in England in the early 90s, everybody learned to beat mix. Nobody played a guitar in 1992 in the north of England. Everybody learned to be a DJ. So, so yeah, so I learned to beat mix on vinyl. And I remember I came to New York for the first time and I DJed at Union Pool of all places. Wow. And I was mi- beat mixing like a, two records for like four minutes in the mix. Just They were just playing together. And I remember people coming up going, so where's the computer? How, how's, what's going on here? And I'm going, no, it's just this. I'm an old man, but this is how old men DJ. <laughs> I, I'd hear uh, stories watching like hip hop documentaries of uh, DJs carrying their crates. And oh. these days when I see DJs, they're just, they have crates of their equipment, not yeah. records. So, yeah, so true. <laughs> you're breaking your back in a different way. Well, I used to turn up with two bags of records, sometimes three. Sorry, my cat's going to get into the picture any second, but sometimes three uh, crates. And I remember there's a famous DJ from Philadelphia, a scratch DJ called DJ Cash Money. And I was DJing in Europe and he turned up at the hotel and I think I counted he had 11 crates of records. Wow. He had, he'd hired people because he'd had a couple of hit records on the hip hop world, DJ Cash Money and MC Marvelous and and uh, he had people carrying in 11 crates of vinyl. Incredible DJs, scratch, one of the original sort of scratch DJs, but yeah. It's so much, my back, I'm sure the reason my back, it gives me so much pain these days as a 50 year old man is because of carrying those bloody records for hours, you know. Yeah, now with vinyl resurging over the last decade or so, it's like, oh, here we go again. Sorry to my back. Well, that's it, yeah, exactly. Well, nowadays when I DJ, I play like seven inch singles. I play a lot of Northern Soul a lot of old sort of rare soul music. So carrying seven inch singles to a show is so much easier than carrying a 12 inch. The 12 inch vinyl just weighs a ton when you've got 10 of them, when you've got hundred of them together, they weigh a ton, you know. Yeah, especially with those 180 gram records. Oh my no. God. 
<laughs> nowadays, yeah, the modern day pressings where it's really fancy. It's like they weigh, weigh so much, you know. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your your one minute tune a day series on Instagram. I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, yeah, I hadn't. I used to be in a quite a sort of camp semi famous band many years ago and got burnt by the music industry and hadn't written really done much for ages. And then the lockdown happened and uh, I thought to keep to keep saying I would make a song, a one minute song in a day and make a video for it. And it was that basic. And my friend, my brother and my friends back in England started this uh, Zoom call group where we'd watch some obscure Italian film that a friend of ours recommended. And the soundtracks were incredible and they were recorded really badly. And back in the day when I used to sample music, I used to be obsessed with getting the cleanest sample possible. It was everything. Now, back then in the lockdown, I would just hold my iPhone up to the screen and as the sample was playing on the soundtrack, I'd take it from my iPhone, put it straight into the music program. And yeah, and that was it. And I just start, I did like a good two months of a tune a day with a video, either featuring my cat or some footage from the video. So yeah. And then, yeah, and I, you know, nobody, I get like, the most I've, listens I've had is like a hundred listens. It's not like set the world alight, but it stopped me from losing my mind and it made me completely fall in love again with making music which I completely thought I'd just not had any interest in doing anymore. It just, I just had nothing to write. Wanted to, and this all of a sudden, Elise got in touch and said, do you want to put these things out? So I, I made some of the songs that were one minute that I thought were good into three minute, four minute songs. And here we are talking about it online. So it's quite weird, but yeah. So Elise of Oceanator Plastic Miracles, she reached out to you to put the, the virtual- Yeah, well, she, I've known, Elise has played in, two of my old bands. Wow. I'm in, a, I'm in a band with a Berlin musician called Willie Washington. The band's called Lord and Master. And years ago, we, he lived in New York. He's like one of the original club kids from New York, like used to go to the Paradise Garage, like legend. And he's one of my favorite singers and one of my oldest friends. He lives in Berlin. We put a band together. Before we moved to Berlin, we played a few shows and Elise played bass with us. Wow. And that's how I met Elise and then, uh, Kid Midnight, another band that I put out on my small label and I played with, Elise played bass for like 10, 15, 20 gigs. So yeah, me and Elise have strangely been in two bands together and uh, now putting, she's putting music out. So yeah, she's great. She's a lovely person, you know. Yeah, uh, former guest on this show, so. Um, oh, I'm sure, yeah, no, she's. And I've big loved, supporter of hers. Oh yeah, I just love seeing Oceanator doing so well. Yeah, me too. She's like, and she's, she works, Fucking hard. She works so much harder than I do towards music. Yeah, you know, she works so hard, and I think she. I'm so happy she's getting recognition. You know. Yeah. So, and you also did a one minute mix of the Virtual Bison EP, which I also thought was amazing. Do you have any <laughs> thoughts of uh, doing your own mega mix to put on SoundCloud or in person or, or what have you? I'm think I would like to put out an album of all of these tunes, or the ones that I think are good enough, because there's a few crap ones in there. Don't get me wrong, not every one minute tune is good. There was a lot of one minute tunes that were terrible, but I have thought about trying to put together like a 45 minute album of my favorite tunes and just try and mix, cut and paste, and maybe put some spoken word in between. Do like an old school mixtape, you know. So there is yeah. plans, but it's just. Just getting around to it, you know, it's like when you're doing jobs and working and stuff like that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love uh, mixtapes. I have a few um, myself. So 
any anyone that's willing to put out a, a really good one, um, I love it. I love those those old DJ Screw mixtapes from. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I love. Yeah, I mean, my I grew up on hip hop. That was my at fourteen years old. I discovered hip hop, and you know, I was obsessed for a good fifteen years of old school New York hip hop and then West Coast hip hop mainly. But it was yeah and. The mixtapes, the, the mega mixes that people like Mantronics and the ghetto style DJs from Luke Skywalker Records, they used to do these mega mixes. They'd release an album and then do a three-minute version of a three-minute version of all the songs on the album. And it, they used to do these crazy edits, like like the Latin Rascals used to do that from New York, and they used to do crazy edits with reel to reel with tape, you know, incredible edits, perfectly on beat edits. So yeah, the mega mix. I mean, I call it a mega mix, a mixtape as well. I suppose mixtapes a lot longer, but the mega mix is just part of my growing up. And you get an, you put an album out, and you get somebody to do a three minute version of all the songs mixed together, chopped and all over the place. Yeah, great stuff. Love it. Great, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah so the, the Virtual Vice EP is pretty sample based. Uh, did you have yeah. any difficulty with uh, any sample clearances, if that was necessary at all? No, nothing. I mean, nothing's cleared. I mean, it, you know, oh no, nothing's cleared. I mean, it's like the way I've always said. I run, the, I ran this very small label and put out a few bands, and I've always said, if you put the record out, if you get somebody coming up to you saying, right, you need to pay us for that sample or take get rid of that record, that means that a hundred thousand people have heard of you on YouTube or fifty thousand people. And it's a good problem to have. You just get rid of the record, you take the record down, you stop releasing it, then you put out the next single with no samples, and then 50,000 people have heard about you. But, you know, my 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 music gets heard by 200 people. It's like, who the fuck from Sony Records is going to come after me and say, you must pay us that £20 you owe us, you know? So, I mean, that was it's, it's like the Wild West these days, I think. You know, if you're a big artist, then, yes, sample, you, you should pay what you owe for a sample, I agree. But the stuff I'm putting out, it's like it's so cut and paste and ramshackle. And it's like, if I get the problem where somebody gets in touch saying you've sampled our records, take get rid of it, then it just means a lot more people have heard my music. Then, I mean, I'm happy. I love the people have bought the cassette and it's great. I love the fact that people are getting in touch with me and wanting to talk to me about it. You know, I never thought I'd do anything talking about music again. You know, just happy to put it out. It's a crazy thing. I mean, I don't know if you're a musician, but it's like the, the, the motion of releasing it out of your head and off the computer. Right now, at my age, I'm 50 years old, is enough. It's enough for me. It's like you have an idea, you're working it for ages in your head, you work on the computer and you keep working on it and you keep thinking, I've got to go back to it. Getting it out of here and just throwing it out into the ether is fucking, that's it. It's a, I'm like, brilliant. If it fucking sells a million copies, that's great. Then I'll take the money. But it's just the, the, the motion of just getting it out of my head, out of the computer, out of the music, and just throwing it out there. It's, it's hard. It's, at my age, it's hard to give a fuck. I can't imagine ever going on tour again. I did that for 10 years of my life, and the thought of doing it at my age is like, fills me with terror. So I just enjoy making music. Just love it, you know. It's what I do. Love hearing that. Uh, those are the kind of people I, I love on this show. People that just love making music just to make music. Um, speaking of the, the original kings of a sample clearing, De La Soul, um, you played a few shows with them years back uh, with your old group, Low Fidelity All-Stars. So what was yeah. that experience like? 
Amazing. I mean, we yeah. played with some of our heroes. We played a show in Boston with Run DMC, I remember, once. And wow. Yeah, Dillasol was incredible. We met them afterwards. You know, they didn't know who we were at, at all, but we were... We were at the side of the stage watching them. They they, they were playing their show and they saw us at the side of the stage and they, they posed for photos during their show while we were, you know, they were three feet high and rising. Oh, man. You know, to be honest, all their albums are fucking brilliant and they are so underrated. I think people who know De La Soul, like you obviously do know De La Soul, they're just some of the greatest MCs around. But obviously over the years, they've dropped and dropped. But, man, this... They're still great. Again, Three Feet High and Rising and De La Soul is Dead are just two utterly classic albums. So, yeah, they, I mean, I love the, you know, they put out that album, very few of the samples were cleared. You know, it's like when Beastie Boys put out their first album, oh, they didn't man. clear any of those samples. I There's mean, an I entire documentary that, about it. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I think you can back sue for samples like 50 years. So it's like somebody could back sue for that Brass Monkey sample that they never cleared. And it's like, you know, Good. I'm glad those albums shaped my musical sort of voyage, I suppose. So I'm glad they did it, you know. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy De La Soul might have finally sorted out a deal with Tommy Boy so they can put all their music on. Because you can't listen, to, I mean, I've got all the stuff on vinyl, thankfully, but you can't listen to their stuff online at all because it got fucked over by, it sounds like they got screwed over by Tommy Boy Records, you know. And it's like, and I've heard that Dillasol this year are releasing two albums, one produced by Pete Rock and one produced by DJ Premier. Oh, my which, God. Yeah, exactly. Imagine that. Two albums of Dillasol with two of the best hip-hop producers. So. so that's what I've heard. We'll see if it happens. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? Like, De La Soul, the, the people that, like, really, really listen to them are, like, the people like you that, ha- that already had their records. Like, I was lucky enough to find Three Feet High Rising, a CD of it, at a flea market on Long Island uh, years ago. So, hey, buddy, what's up? What, what's your cat's name? This is Sparky D. This is my Sparky, Sparky D. Yeah, she's a beautiful cat. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it, it, I hope they reach, a, you know, they're, you know, they're paid well for, you know, their albums on streaming services. So more people can know De La Soul. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people know them for Three Feet Iron Rising and for the hits, but man, the, yeah, just album after album of brilliance, you know. Jay Diller produced some great songs for them and so just just brilliant MCs. And, yep. and, and yeah, and Maceo is like a really great DJ as well. So it's like, yeah, it's a brilliant, uh, brilliant band. And I'm, I hope they get it all sorted because I want them to not be assigned to just this old school category because, you know, they're still up there with some of the best, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and their music still ages well too, so it doesn't really yeah exactly. old school because it's it's you know yeah it's it's been a while out for a while, but it's still good today. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, exactly. I completely agree. Yeah, it yeah. still sounds as fresh and as as voices of rappers, they still sound as modern and as fresh. You yeah, know? absolutely. So uh, with your old band, uh, Low Fidelity, also as well. I shouldn't say old band because it are you guys old. relatively? Uh, are you guys still? Oh, no, we have, I mean, we're all very good friends. The artwork on the virtual bison cassette is done by the keyboard player from Love Delhi. Also, has a lad called Dale who runs an art gallery in England now. The album was the, the EP was mastered and mixed by Martin, who was a keyboard player and loved. So, we're all sadly the drummer passed away a couple of years ago, and that was very sad for us all because we were all very good friends still. All of us, I've just finished a Zoom call about an hour ago with the, the bass player from the band. So. So yeah, we we had a 
we had a moment in the sun. You know, it was pretty crazy. We're like one of the last bands to get the big record company advance, so we got a load of money. Okay. And and the the song that was a hit for us, which is a song called Battle Flag, it's been in all these films, was recorded in a in a garage. You know, it, the drums were the drums were literally recorded in a bathroom. Amazing. And the song was recorded in a garage, and the the keyboard player, as he was finishing his keyboard solo, was so drunk that he he did the final flourish and fell off the stool. It was it was. <laughs> Such a basic recording, and we thought nothing's going to come of this. And then next thing you know, uh, I think we, I think I think we sold a, a million. I think of the first album or something. I, I mean, I think it was something like that. I mean, it it was great. I mean, I'm not trying to sound uh, false modesty. It's just it was a, it was a long time ago. It was like 1999. Yeah, long time ago. But it was fun. We got to travel the world. Yeah. So, like, can't what part of your that. what part of your uh, apartment did you do the Lord Warren EP? Did you do it in your kitchen, your bedroom, your bathroom, this, your closet? On this, on this couch, that's it. On the computer. Hey, I would I would watch this, watch whatever film I was watching that week for this chat with my friends. See what samples there was, and chop them up. Luckily, I'm very lucky that I've got a sound library. Many years ago, when the my old band first started. We rented a house from a quite a famous radio DJ back in the day, and she had this massive record collection, like thousands of records, original pressings. And we just spent a month going through them and sampling beats and sampling strings and samples, all sorts of stuff. So I've got a sound library of at least of thousands and thousands of hits and strings that nobody else has got. It's only me and the keyboard player for my old band have. So I'm very lucky that all the stuff that I can sample and chop up and mess around with is a, uh, no, but I doubt very few people have got, you know, loads of options. You know, we were just a, some 20 something stoners who had nothing more to do than listen to a bunch of somebody else's records and sample them. We go, that beat, take that beat. So the same sound library I put together, well, my friend put together like 25 years ago is that, the sound library I'm still using now. So it's like people buying these big drum beat sound libraries and stuff. I'm lucky enough to have done all that in my twenties. So I've got this incredible sound library to choose from. So I'm very, very lucky. Well, the best producers do like guys like Premier, like they, they're just listening to records and they, they'll pull an obscure piece of like a jazz uh, yeah. uh, record and then turn into something completely ridiculously original like it's unbelievable like mass appeal like that's just a little piece of a of an extensive jazz piece you know yeah Brilliant. yeah i mean I, I mean i don't know if you've i mean dj Premier is one of the greatest obviously yes. i mean i don't know if you've seen that is that a youtube channel that breaks down samples is it called oh, oh i wish i could remember it. it's it's quite they have they break down they do like a one minute video of famous songs and break down the samples and show and I don't normally approve of that sort of nonsense because I don't want people knowing where I took my samples from. Right. But there's one, the, the, the band Burial, where I think, you know, Burial, I think, is one of the greatest musicians of the last 10, 15 years. And there's a breakdown of how he took samples for Archangel, which I think is, again, one of the most beautiful songs of the last 10 years, 15 years. And just seeing how nowadays, how people, do, I mean, I'm pretty basic with my samples. I'll take a chunk and I will chop it up 
but I don't go really digging deep. You know, I like I like my samples to be sounding as fucked up as possible, which is why I like holding taking them via an iPhone. I don't take them via vinyl. I take it via my iPhone so that they've already got a more a, a level of messed upness before they even get them in the computer. But yeah, seeing seeing the modern day so you know, seeing Burial, seeing how he took his samples for this fun song is just like mind blowing. You know, genius. It's I an know, yeah. It's an yeah. art form. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. When you, um, you know, you, you're not ready to or, or not willing to like go on another tour or anything like that. But are you open to doing like Lord Ward shows here and there? I, I'd love to. I don't know what I'd do, to be honest. Yeah, right. It's like I'd, I could I'd like I'd like to DJ again. I stopped DJing for a long time because with the old band, I used to DJ all over the place and it was a lot of, you know, a lot of dance music. But I haven't DJed. I, you know, when I do DJ, I play like old soul music. So it would be quite nice to go out there and mix a bit of a live set into a dance, into a DJ set. You know, set up a couple of samplers and sort of throw in my tunes and edit a few songs live and things like that. I'd like to do that. But yeah, I mean, I've never been, even though I love electronic music for years, I've never been a fan of watching just one fella stood behind a laptop checking his emails, you know. It's like, it's not sort of something I want to pay $30 to go see. Absolutely. Although I've seen the Chemical Brothers live and it's all about their light show. If you can afford to put on an amazing show, then it's brilliant. But if you just saw the Chemical Brothers at fucking Pete's Candy Store in Brooklyn, to be on two keyboards, it wouldn't be the same. I don't think it has the same effect as the light shows. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. Uh, and so your own record label, um, Deep uh, Elum Records, is that how yeah. you pronounce it? Yeah, so what do you what do you set to accomplish with this with this label? Uh, not nothing really. I just had a lot of good talented friends who were making really good music and sending me good music, and I said, "Well, I can put it out for you. I can't do much. I'm going to put it up. I'll get it up on all the streaming services and make a video for you." But it's like we put everything out for free. Nothing is charged on the stuff on the label. It's all free downloads. It's just friends who like me who were, had music on their computer that sounded good and just wanted it out of their head and out of the computer. And I said, right, well, I'll release it. I'll put it out and then it's out there. Tell your friends. I mean, the first band I put out was a band called Black Cathy, who were one of the greatest bands of all time. In my opinion, you should check them out. They, 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 were, doing, they were doing tripped out R&B long before anybody else. Two girls, both called Kate. Who, out there, who went to college with Elise. That's how I met Elise. Oh, okay. They, they went to Vassar, I think, with Elise and through them. And then I produced their, well, sort of did some music on their album and put out their first seven inch called Them Bones, which is, you should listen, you should have, check them out. They're an incredible band. But So I put the vinyl out on that and then everything else is just, it was just free downloads because. Black Cathy? Black, it's all, it's all uppercase. It's B-L-K-K-A-T-H-Y. And their song, their album is fucking ahead of its time. They just, they, you know, just, just things didn't happen for them, but it should have done. And they were just like an incredible, they're still incredibly exciting. You listen to it, I'm sure you'll love it. It's like absolutely spaced out, tripped out R&B. Kate writes some of the best lyrics. I mean, just straightforward, down the line lyrics. Great lyricist. And then the other Kate was a great musician. So they were just, yeah, they they sort of sparked my interest in music again. To be honest, wow. You know? Is there anybody else? Any other you know records that you 
you know, ready to put out for this year for um, uh, I mean, develop? The Kid, the Kid Midnight album we put out a couple of months ago turned out really good. You should check out Kid Midnight. They're like real sort of trashy pop. I do some okay. vocals, I do some vocals on there and Elise played with Kid Midnight for a little bit. That that's called all the hits, and that's a, got some really good stuff on there. But yeah, not at the moment. I mean, I just keep recording stuff, and it's not. I, to be honest, I quite like somebody else doing the work. I'm not going to lie. I quite like recording the music, and then somebody else going right. Send me the masters, and I'll sort everything else out. It's like brilliant. You, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I want to put out another Lord Ward EP. I'd like to do that, and then maybe just put, like put out a four track EP. On, and then put out a mixtape. I think is the aim with Lord Ward. I think because I've got I've got so many bits of music that <laughs> over the last year and a half that I've written. I'd say some of them are absolutely terrible, but some of them have, have got potential. I think. What can you tell me about the upcoming Lord and Master EP? Oh well, that's Willie Washington in Berlin. He's like one of my oldest friends in uh, in New York. I've known him for years. He's like older than me. Believe it or not, he's like. Looks much better than I do, but he's older than me. He lives in Berlin. He's like one of the original, like I said, one of the original club kids. He used to, he used to go out clubbing at Paradise Garage, the legendary New York club with Larry Levan. A dream of mine to have been to that club. And he just recorded one of my all-time favourite house music songs, which is called Wait Until the Morning. And I put it on a compilation album. When I was a DJ, I put out a compilation album and we just stayed friends and we've recorded stuff for years. He used to, he used to live in Lower East Side, all through the 80s, lived in this real sort of rundown building, had a studio there, recorded Broadway singers in there, recorded all sorts of people, just him and his cat. And yeah, we've recorded like pretty much two albums worth of music over the last year or so together. He's just wow. got an incredibly beautiful voice and just writes really basic, amazing melodies. So so yeah, that, that EP's out and I think the album's coming out. And that's coming out on a, a London record label. Again, I don't have to do any work. It's just like, I just send over the music. And so that's coming out on a London label called Knox. And that's coming out later in the year, the album, I think. So yeah, it's, it's nice. All these songs that have been floating around my head and my computer for the last four years, three years, two years, are just getting out there. It's nice, it's nice to release them all. And just fucking, there you go. You're on your own now. See what happens. Wow. Um... Phil, thank you so much for coming on. My oh, little around talking about Lord Ward. Um, where can people get the new EP and where can people follow you on socials and what have you? Uh, I mean, Deep Ellen Records on Instagram is the one for all the one minute videos and pictures of my cat, basically. That's pretty much it. And uh, the Lord Ward is on Bandcamp. Lord Ward with three Ds, W-A-R-D-D-D on Bandcamp, yeah. Or through Plastic Miracles as well. It's on Plastic Miracles uh, Bandcamp, I think, the Lord Ward EP. So, yeah, it's there. You can get the cassette or you can get downloads, I think. So, great. great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Phil. Oh, thank you. Thanks very much for talking to me. I appreciate that. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. See you later.